Welcome to the Kara's Kara's Digital Show and Podcast, where we explore the cutting edge of wellness. I'm Kara Sundlin. This episode is sponsored by the Center for Advanced Reproductive Services. We thank them for that. And it's a new social media trend. Maybe you've seen it. Medical professionals from all different fields are giving us the inside scoop, telling us the top five things that they would recommend you do. Dr. Laura Saunders from the Institute of Living is here to share her top five recommendations as a child psychologist as to what us parents should do. Welcome, Dr. Saunders. Thank you for having me, Kara. You know, I've seen this trend. You know, I really actually think this is maybe a positive thing. You've done a lot on screen time, but there could be a positive thing on social media when we follow legitimate people who can inform us about mental health. Yeah, and and honestly, in medical health, right, I saw one yesterday from a colorectal surgeon who was saying what not things not to do. So I, I actually think these are coming from professionals with good intentions to give people the top three or the top five either recommendations or things to do or things not to do. And as a child and adolescent psychologist, I'd really been following this trend. I think it's very interesting. So I came up with my top five, but I have to tell you, it was very, very hard okay. to narrow it down to the top five because I had about 10. Okay. So first, tell us the five things you recommend parents do then we can take a deeper dive. Okay. Number one, you just need to be a good enough parent. It's okay if you make mistakes. It's okay if you apologize. It's in the corrective experience. Number two, supervision is critical to keep track of what your child is doing. And the corollary to this is privacy is not a right and trust is to be earned. Number three, Try to hold out as long as you can before getting your child a smartphone. Age 12 or 13 is kind of the minimum. Sometimes it means corralling other parents to also hold off so that it's not just your child who's the only one who doesn't have a phone. Number four, positive reinforcement is the most powerful way to change behavior. Sometimes we think as parents or as professionals, we get caught up in throwing consequences at kids. But in fact, positive, reinforce, positive reinforcement and attention to your child doing the right things is far more powerful than consequences. And number five, be the role model that you need to be for your kids. So also known as practice what you preach. Yes. Okay. I love the first one. You just need to be a good enough parent. Let's dive into that because we live in a world where everything is perfect, especially on social media, right. where parents are making like, you know, the most beautiful lunches and they know everything and they are a psychologist and a chef and a time manager. Right. So it's actually, it is called the psychological concept, especially when you're talking about infancy and early childhood, about the good enough parent. Um, you just need to be good enough, which in my mind is, is like about 60 to 70%. So you don't need to be perfect. You don't need to be everything that, that you believe other people would be, right? And we all know that social comparison is the thief of joy, and that's what social media really does to us. Um, it's trying your best. And at the beginning of each day, you have the ability as a parent to restart and reset and try for a better day. It doesn't doesn't mean that just because yesterday was not such a good day that you have to overcompensate today. Have some structure, which just means like routine, 
right? That's, you know, when, you're, when, you child, when your child gets up, they brush their teeth, they put on their clothes, they make their bed, they come eat some breakfast, then we leave for school. So, you know, after school, that there's some routines, around dinner time, there's routines, and around bedtime. It doesn't have to be perfect, but as much consistency and structure as you can put in place, the better it is for kids. And why is that? It makes them feel safe? It actually, like, it actually works in your brain, right? We all need things to rely on and depend on. If we're going to get really deep with this, we're going to talk about attachment, right? Mm. And it's in attachment early on those, you know, first zero to three where, you know, your child cries, they're, they're nurtured, you know, they're, they're hungry, they're fed, they're wet, they're changed, right? And that kind of consistency actually affects brain development. So that kind of routine and consistency is so important for us as, as even as adults, it's not just kids. Right. There's a lot on social media right now about our attachment styles and taking our quiz. And I think that's also where parents beat ourselves up because we see that later on, like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be my fault for everything. And um, before we move on to the second part, I mean, there's no way to be perfect. Right. So everybody's going to have some issue with something that you're doing. But the good enough parent means you can grow up and your kids don't feel like they have to be perfect. Right. And 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 again, you know, that it's it is sort of like correcting your mistakes, being able to say, you know what, I was wrong yesterday. I'm sorry about the way that I handled that. I look, I thought about it and I wish I'd handled differently. Right. So, so that gets to number five, right? You're modeling reflective behavior mm. and you're modeling that it's okay to admit that you made a mistake and work on the correction. That's really what we want our kids to do as well. Yeah. Now, supervision is critical. And I love that you say privacy is not a right and trust is to be earned. Obviously, it's a little bit age dependent, but I think especially parents of teens are going to listen to this. And, and that's when teens will tell you, you're not allowed to post me on social media. You have to get permission. You can't come in my room. You have to get my permission. You can't look at my phone, even though we pay for it. So <laughs> let's talk about supervision and privacy. Yes. So I do really take a developmental uh, perspective on this, right? So a, a 12 or 13 year old or even 14 year old needs uh, more supervision and maybe has less privacy than a 16 or 17 year old. I think that privacy is a little different than respect. So just because I own the house and technically I own your room doesn't mean that at any given time when your door shut, I just barge right in. I, I can knock wait for a response that you're not changing or something else is going on and then enter the room. So there can be a, a measure of respect there and trust is earned. So it's not like I give you the, the, you know, the keys to the car in the house at 13. Trust is something that's earned. And so you, and the way that you build trust is through com communication and, and commitment, right? I am where I say I'm going to be and I'm communicating what's going on. So trust is something that is earned over time. Mm -hmm. A lot of parents are tracking, right? They've got Life360, um, and, and that's a safety thing. I mean, we use it in my house, so just in case, you know, we've done enough stories on people being found that way. Or, I mean, it's a different generation. We can sort of find out where our kids are all the time. But um, let's talk about the cell phone. If you're suspicious that something's going on, I mean, you could check something. So what if you find something out that you're worried about and you did it doing an invasive way. Do you confront the child or do you pretend you didn't do that? I mean, you know, parents well, are snooping sometimes because they're concerned. 
Right. So what I recommend in some of these situations is that if your child is on Instagram or Snapchat or, or there shouldn't be on Facebook under, you know, 13 or 14. And a lot of teenagers don't even care about Facebook. That's more of an adult thing, but um, you can be there, you know, their friend or you're connected to them on those social apps. You don't, you know, and that's part of the, the transparency and the trust. There's no reason why I can't see your Instagram posts. So I've heard someone else say, you know, anything you post on Instagram should be able to look, be looked at by your parent or your teacher, right? So you shouldn't be posting overly salacious content. That's really not what it's meant for, especially not when you're a teenager. Um, so, so there's a degree of trust and go with your instinct, go with your gut as a parent. If you feel like something's wrong, if you feel like your child is not functioning in the three spheres of their life, right? At home, at school and in activities and with friends, you know, you check with another parent. You know, I know that my child's been at your house a couple of times. Have you noticed anything different? So get some corroborating information. And that's really what I would bring to, to your child in that situation. Listen, you know, I even talked to Mrs. Smith and she said that you weren't yourself when you were over the house or, you know, your teacher's have been concerned. I've seen a couple of progress reports come home, whatever that it is, use corroborating information. So it's not even just your concern, or although sometimes it might be, um, but I do like to check, check additional sources. Yeah. Um, and you talk about holding out for a smartphone. I, I think some parents are going to hear 12 or 13 and say, oops, I already did it. Um, because a lot of kids say everyone gets one in middle school, which is sixth grade, a little younger than that. And I know there's a whole movement, wait till eighth. I honestly would say that that would be great if I did that. I didn't do that. But talk a little bit about why you even say that and what you can do if you didn't do that. So I like to deal in reality. And the reality is we can say, Supervision's important and, you know, keep an eye on things. But young people are far better at all the workarounds to get apps and get other things that we don't want them to have. So that's why if you can hold out a little bit longer, it is better. It is easier if you get other parents to, to do that with you. If it's not the case and your child's younger and has a phone, they really need a level of supervision. Young people have young children have the myth that anything they post online is is private right you know a lot a lot of these journaling sites there's nothing absolutely nothing private about the internet so and you know it's hard to really um instruct this to teens because that you know they're part of a generation that that has a very different belief system than a lot of us parents um so trying to hold out for as long as you can but if, you, if you've already given your ch younger child a phone, I go back to number two, supervision is critical. Right. And parents should know, I mean, if you're an Apple family, which a lot of people are, they do have screen time um, that you can set up on your phone. If, you know, it's part of family share. That's kind of an easy, non-intrusive way of doing things. It just goes off based on the schedule. Um, but sometimes you get into battles with this. And, and you talk about the workarounds. Um, a lot of kids don't, as you said, they don't go on Facebook. They might go on Instagram a little bit, but they're really using TikTok and Snapchat and they have private stories and they have different names and spam accounts. So it's really hard for parents to find all that they're doing online. It is really hard. And that is why I think, you know, parents being in touch with other parents, because sometimes they find out in pieces of information, 
you know, we have to use as many resources as possible um, because there are lots of workarounds and right. People create finstas or fake accounts. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's trying as much as possible. Again, we're not going to be perfect. And sometimes a problem develops and then we need to address the problem. And then that problem then becomes a learning moment, a teachable moment. Right. And I tell my kids, hey, you don't put anything on there that you don't want on the front of The New York Times, because we cover the stories where someone has screenshotted something that they thought was private and it ends up in the teacher's office or the principal's office. So, you know, your friend today, your enemy tomorrow, they screenshot something, nothing, 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 nothing. And who's listening to this is um Nothing is private. Nothing's private, right. Um, I love number four, positive reinforcement. I know that's an area that I'm working on. I think it's so natural for us, especially in the moment, to criticize or say a consequence. If you don't do your homework right now, you're grounded for the rest of the night. But really um, flipping that is just all the science shows it's so much more effective. We actually, as parents, get way more of what we want if we can learn to hold our tongue and look for things to positively reinforce. Yes, and I can't say it enough. Positive reinforcement is the most powerful way to change behavior, right? So we get caught up in throwing consequences out and and lots of limits. And, you know, kids need consequences and limits and, and structure. I'm not saying they don't, but it's when when you happen to knock on your child's door to ask them a question and you see them sitting on their bed doing their homework, you comment, oh, I'm happy to see you doing your homework, right? And it doesn't need to be a big thing. It can be just a description, right? I've done segments on how to give a compliment. It doesn't need to be you're the best child in the whole world because you're doing your homework. No, it's simply a, you know, a description of what you see. I see you doing your homework. That's great. Boom. That's it. So it's, focusing on those things when your your child is behaving in the way that you want them to behave. They do something nice for their sibling. Thank you for sharing your snack with your brother, right? Little things, the little things that you can, you can give attention to, because really the two greatest gifts that we give our children are time and attention. Mm. So the more you can figure out ways to give them some time in your attention and attention for the positive things, that's how you reinforce that behavior. Yeah. Okay. Um, be the best role model you can be. Um, of course, I want to go back to number one that says just good enough because we all make mistakes. Uh, there's people who yell at right. their kids and you feel bad after you yelled at them. And we all are carrying our own baggage, right? What if you want to be different from a childhood that you had that wasn't the best? Exactly. So, right. As one of the, like, the five other ones that I wanted to include in here, one of them was... Um, your child is not you. So not carrying that baggage from your own childhood. Growing up, there was a commercial I remember so clearly um, that used to be on TV and it was a father and son like sitting on a hill together. And the father pulled out a pack of cigarettes and kind of tapped it against his hand. And then the the son pulled out of like an old pack of cigarettes that was empty and tapped it on his hand. And then the father pulled out a cigarette and tapped it again, The, the son, you know, pulled out a fake, fake something and tapped it. And then the father lit it and the son repeated it. Right. So it was such an unbelievably powerful image of how no words were spoken in this commercial, but the child emulated everything the parent did. So you could say to your kids, don't smoke, but you're smoking. And therefore that's what they're going to do. So it's just, you know, 
I'm not expecting parents to be perfect. We all have habits, sometimes not so good habits, but, you know, for us to, you know, talk about our feelings at the dinner table, I had a good day today because of X, or I had a bad day today because of X, you're modeling, sharing your feelings, um, you know, to try to eat healthy or to try to, you know, be active and exercise in some ways. So as much as possible, we're not looking for perfection, but try to practice what you preach in terms of what you're sharing with your kids. Um, just in the couple minutes we'll have left, you know, people are, adults may be doing that, right? They might be smoking or they might be drinking, um, which is an adult thing to do. And kids will say, well, everybody, uh, teenagers will say, well, everybody tries alcohol or everybody tries marijuana or everybody does it, you know, um, and they're seeing their parent, you know, maybe go out to a party and have alcohol, but they're an adult. How do you navigate that of what the age is and telling them no without scaring your, you know, especially older kids, you want to keep the information coming? Right. So, so that is actually a fine line in terms of how you communicate a lot of that. I am generally not a proponent of a parent telling a 16-year-old all the bad things that they did in their own adolescence, because in, in essence, that is just giving them permission to do everything. Now, it doesn't mean when they get a little older that you can't share some of that. Um, but to say, listen, I know that you as a teen are have so many temptations around you. But, but what we know is that the more you give into those temptations, the harder it is for you. So, you know, again, another one of the the 10 that the others I didn't include was two great things to teach your kids are distress tolerance and impulse control. Let's not give in to every little impulse that comes your way, right? You know, there's a famous example of, you know, leaving a marshmallow on the table and then the adult saying to the child, do not touch that marshmallow because if I'm going to go out in the other room, when I come back, if that marshmallow is still there, you'll get two marshmallows. And, you know, that's that ability to delay gratification, um, hmm. So, you know, that's kind of what we're trying to teach our kids and being the best role model. It's we're delaying gratification just because someone else is is smoking weed doesn't mean you need to do that. Or just because someone else is sneaking out of the house doesn't mean you need to do that. So, you know, it's trying to teach that there are consequences for behaviors, positive consequences when you're doing the right thing and negative consequences if you're not doing the right thing. So if you find out that your teenager tried alcohol or was at a party and drank, are you better to talk to them or better to punish them or both? So I would I would absolutely engage in a conversation to say, how did that make you feel? Did you like that feeling? What how did other people react to you doing that? I would start it as a dialogue and kind of go from there, because if it's a one and done, I don't know that throwing a lot of consequences can be helpful because. Again, they've gone to another event or party where they didn't do something, right? And so we forgot to reinforce that behavior. So, so, and again, that ties into the whole issue of trust. Listen, I'm extending trust to you by letting you go out and do things with your friends. And in that, as part of that communication, I expect you to let me know what's going on or where things get a little tricky for you that you're not sure how to handle. Yeah. All right. So you're building that trust. You're building that respect. Um, and I like the social media thing of just five easy things we got. I also like that we get to take a deeper dive here. So, Yes. <laughs> and I know you had about 10, so that's a whole other segment. But it's a good way to start. And just, uh, you know, so many people are, as parents right now are dealing with some confusing stuff. So thank you so much, Dr. Saunders. Thank you, Kara. 
And if you want more content on the cutting edge of wellness, you can follow me on social media. Just look for at Kara Sundlin. I also have a Kara's Cures Facebook group. I like to post this content there. If this is inspiring to you, definitely on the podcast, share it with your friends and loved ones. Uh, We encourage you to listen to it with your kids as well. Have a great day, everyone, and be well.